Welcome, 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 ladies and jelly beans, to another episode of Ain't Got Time For That, where the topic of this podcast changes every week. But generally, it's about talking about the things we don't make enough time for in our busy professional and personal lives for. And we try to unpick it and say, maybe you can make time or maybe you should make time or here's how we've made time. I'm Zeke Condon. I'm a product manager and a product entrepreneur and product coach. And with me, I have... Ilan, delivery lead, program manager and life learner. Ooh, love it. So today, today we want to talk about a topic um, that is close to my heart. It's one of my favourite things to do in the world. And that is recovering from a colossal failure. Um, so what is a colossal failure? <laughs> we could go through the uh, <laughs> definition from the, from the uh, internets, from the interwebs, maybe from the dictionary of some description and say a colossal failure is when things just go to shit really, right? Um, uh, I've got plenty of experiences in this, um, but I'm really keen to to talk to Ilan and see what if he's got any experiences with a colossal failure and see if we can unpick him first. Ilan, put you on the spot, mate. Um, you didn't expect that at all, did you? So No, so, I mean, given I'd set you up to answer it first, um, well played. <laughs> yeah, come on, mate. Uh, I want to hear. I think you're, um, in my eyes, you're a man of... Um, platinum coating and uh i see i've known you for quite a while now and i feel like you haven't had a colossal failure but that's i believe because you wear it so well but it might not be that it's so well so tell me tell me about your colossal failures and how you recovered from those i think the framing is important um and i think that so often um one has the opportunity to course correct um, throughout an event, throughout a process, um, and kind of just across the board. So show up, um, I think it takes quite a lot. Um, I would say in recent years, I haven't necessarily seen something where it's been a total disaster. Um, maybe earlier on um, in my career and earlier on in life, um, there were definitely events that I didn't necessarily have the self-awareness to see things were falling apart. Um, and when that happens, you you tend to um, add um, gas to the uh, fire. Mm. Um, and a lot of that's just around language, communication. And um, when you start looking at it and developing skills to actually have a conversation and be transparent with those involved, you can generally um, find a way to mitigate and to manage um, events so that they don't really um, come to a blow. Mm. Um, there's not, you're right. Like, I don't think there is, I don't, I don't see many colossal failures within my network these days um, because it's kind of, there's a lot around mindfulness and communication that we're all drilled into us that, um, you can course correct and maybe it's a failure, but it's not a colossal failure, right? Um, how is that, how is that, 
how 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 what are some of the things that you've you've kind of said that have changed that specifically for you like is there any colossal failure that that made you learn back in younger life of Ilan? oh absolutely um i think in a um whether it happened personally to me or if it was in my environment um you often see politics at play in organizations um and um generally speaking that's not necessarily an area that i like to be too heavily involved in but i think that when um, people start playing politics um it has the potential to blow up quite badly um when situations are misread um i think we've got a couple of examples that can be spoken to at another point in time and what i've learned from that is emotion plays a major role in that um and specifically in a professional sense, um, it's important um, to try and keep the emotion out of the equation um, and look more at facts and um, data to support decision-making. Um, and in doing that, it, it changes the conversation, it changes the narrative, and it makes it less subjective mm-hmm. um, and a lot easier to bring people on in on a journey. Um, and then when things start, um looking like they're not necessarily going to be successful you've got those people on the journey with you you've got the data you can look at and you can course correct <clears throat> however when decisions are made by one person based on subjective metrics um or no metrics at all and it's more on a hunch um it doesn't necessarily always lend to that conversation mm. um and i think that's so to your point around the dynamics changing and i think i think that's a lot in part to the fact that a lot of organizations are way more data driven at the moment. Yep. So, and the emotional part is, is kind of true. I, I, I can really, um, I can really relate with that, right. Is that the, the, when you do, if it's not necessarily our colossal failures, it's someone else's colossal, but it's the ones that, that you do see, there is a, a certain element of, um, emotion that has been taken into decision making that has led to that, and it's 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 very much around um, not being aware of your bias. I found are the sorts of things that lead up to a colossal failure. Um, so I think, like I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like recent ones that I've seen. I don't you don't, I don't see many that are where you've got people that are of clean thinking and and able to talk through and talk about stuff, but it's more about the ones that don't talk about it, um, that they're about like their problems in their life or their problems in their work and aren't articulating and aren't showing emotion in a clean and healthy way that they then all of a sudden can fall off the radar and you find out six months later that, you know, they've had a, a relationship fall apart or they've had a, you know, a falling out with their management or their business has gone under because of some poor decision back earlier on. So I, I would say like, you know, to add to your emotion thing, I think there's a flip side to it as well is that not allowing emotions to um, build up underneath you and you know it's not to ignore emotions it's to express them in a way that 
um, is, you know, articulating to other people around you, letting them know what you're thinking, how you're thinking, um, and following up and making sure that they understood it so that you might not need to be as emotional as you call it, but you are still expressing emotion through your communication, right? And then, it's, it's actually quite timely because I was listening to a podcast and also audiobook over the weekend, um, Adam Grant's Think Again, and it speaks very much to learning, unlearning, thinking, rethinking, checking assumptions. Mm. And I think because that school of thought has gathered a bit more popularity of late, um, people don't necessarily um, feel that it's an issue to be wrong or mm. um, for something to need to pivot before you find success. Mm. And I think almost the framing of the question talking about a colossal failure is potentially even a bit of a dated one. Yep. Um, mm. You see it very often like um, organizations now that are spinning up as um, startups and they're moving to more mature um, stages, um, they've probably pivoted it three, four, five times before they reach that kind of unicorn status. Um, and it's not as a result of a failure, but it's a, a result of an evolution. Mm. Um, but in the past, you might have said, okay, well, if an organization doesn't make it, well, then it's a failure. So the recovery from a colossal failure, coming back to what we want to talk about, right, is it's learning. And yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to go out there on a limb and say that culturally, I feel like even in my adult lifetime, that the people of our age group and younger have changed in terms of their ability to learn faster. And that has, you know, led to colossal failures not being a thing anymore because, um, A, people are more accepting of failure as a, a learning opportunity personally for themselves. And, B, when you see somebody who fails at something, they're more open and have taken you on the journey that you can say hey they tried and you don't see it as a colossal failure so the the interpretation of the mindset around failure has changed right so um it is it is a dated thing and you know i still see though there are pockets of of individuals within you know different mindset that um whether it's cultural because there are certain cultural elements of it i've got you know, friends from different cultural uh, backgrounds that are still quite closed and guarded with what they're doing personally or what they're doing professionally and they believe that um, it is better to not share in case of embarrassment um, and of, you know, saving face. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't even honestly know if those people went through a colossal failure because I don't know enough about how they operate or what they do mm -hmm. um there might be you know something within that that group that subset of people that you know they they maybe still need to understand how to recover from this colossal failure uh, my question off the back of that is do you think that like learning you know and taking a, a more kind of learning first approach to um learning from your failures and, and being ready to fail do you think that's the the principle to apply as a, a way to avoid failure? 
I don't know if it's necessarily the principle to apply. I think it's more of a case of um, using some of the context around you to build that awareness for yourself. And I think that's what I mean, though. Like, you know, by applying that awareness of failure is everywhere. Um, And, you know, to be successful, you need to have pictured and accepted what unsuccessful means and you know it sounds contradictory right but but by delving into the world of hey things could go wrong and this is possibly what's going to happen and these are the scenarios that might happen but it's front of mind means you can take more risks because you've kind of thought through the scenarios right and that that is the recovering from a colossal failure is well basically how do you turn this into a great big learning experience? And I think I, I think the kind of evolution of the digital era has helped with that a lot um, because a lot of people are growing up around that. So it's not even necessarily something that needs to be consciously built. Um, every article you read or something like that talks to it mm. and helps, um, I guess, build a little bit of normality around it. So so what's the next so what's the next step after this right if we if we say that the world is changing in the positive to essentially mitigate risks batch things down make them smaller and i think as you said the digital world is enabling that and let's assume that the you know the non-digital world where um colossal failures may still work that some of the principles that have been applied to batching things up, communicating better, communicating goals, needs, learning from mistakes. Let's assume all of that <clears throat> comes across personal networks, personal culture and business culture. What's the, what's the next step after that? Like where, where, does, where does failure start to surface itself? I, like one, one, of the, one of the things that I, I'm thinking around is, um, you know, where personal branding and um you know the let's look at the influencer space right so um influencers build themselves on a personal brand and they live their personal brand and you know a lot of this personal brand is around just being open and honest with who they are and what they do and how they do it but then is that the next place where people are going to start to to crumble as if the if the world around the the influencer changes so fundamentally that the influencer um, either in the personal world or the business world doesn't keep track of how the world around them is changing because they're being the influencer and they're not being influenced. Um, Is that where people can fall into the trap of future colossal failures? It's a rhetorical question. You don't need to answer that. (laughs) And I think... um... Like anything, you um, the more different um, information gets brought out into a normalised environment, the mm. more people need to adapt the way that they approach things. Mm. So um, you probably would have said the same 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and to your point around the influencers, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that there will be things that need to be considered that aren't being considered at the moment. But this is where that self-awareness comes in and looking at it and going, okay, well, this is an image that I'm 
portraying, um, and this is the narrative that I'm portraying, mm. but underneath it all, there actually needs to be a strategy as well. Mm. And I think you tend to see that um, in the influencer space as well, is they've um, built a narrative around who they want to be and how they want to shape the story, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's them end to end. Mm. And I think, um, like well, anything, those that are successful continue to do that. So I look at, um, you know, flipping this into the business world, and I see a lot of leaders that, um, you know, back in the, back maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I sort of started into the corporate world, I saw the style of leadership where he kind of climbed the ladder, <clears throat> he got to a certain uh, standing in management terms, and then then you grew on your leadership ability right and that mm. that leadership ability essentially became who you are um and how you operate which meant you know underlying a lot of that leadership is around doing less but being more effective by influencing people it's the same sort of influencing tools now i see that as the next space for you know ripe for potential colossal failures at a human level um where those individuals have disconnected themselves so much from the doing and have stayed above the doing and more in the influencing that they become out of touch with the doing. And what happens if the doing shifts overnight so much so that their level of influence changes and they fall apart? You know, how, how, does, one, how does one prepare themselves to avoid that kind of future colossal failure like apart from being like you and i that are just obsessed with new information and like <laughs> you're constantly me playing with new toys constantly understanding technology sciences you know everything from stem if you're not like that you know how how are they going to avoid failure and how are they going to recover from it because i like to me i, I see that this is a possible kind of personal leadership and business leadership epidemic that is it, it's sitting on the horizon you know there's it, the world is moving a lot faster how they learned has changed entirely and leaders out there they 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 could be you know it's not happening not necessarily happening now but how are they gonna how how do you do it like how do you even start to answer that question no idea. <laughs> and, and I think a lot of the onus is going to be on them. But I think that um, it's obviously things that we've spoken to before around the education side, the curiosity side. Mm. Um, and yeah, you will see some failures and you will see some success stories. And um, I think a lot of it's going to come down to what we touched on earlier around the individual and their ability to navigate the situation some of it will they would have built resilience um, through getting to where they are um, building the organization seeing failures throughout their cycle and having to course correct mm -hmm. um, and that potentially will give them enough of a base that when things shift and change they'll be able to navigate um, and then there will be others that will build that skill set as they go um, and then there'll be others that um, it may not necessarily make sense for them. 
Um, do we have a one-stop shop that can educate and can support? No. Um, I think that you're seeing spin-ups in the education space that um, help with some of the skills. Um, the the, the also, coaching, like the emergence of the coaching kind of in the in the marketplace across a whole broad range of personal through to business enterprise, that that in itself is probably in response to this, you know, emerging trend around disconnection between actual doing and leadership is is a lot of that's coming from that, I, I would say as well. Um, it's a very good observation. Um, I would say one thing that, um, uh, you know, not even realising it, but um, ensuring for the future is around getting to know and, again, coming back to some of the other things I said before, is like mentoring um, and being mentored, um, mentoring others that are from a different demographic, from a different age group, from a different cultural background, because the melting pot of, of where the world is going, right, is that the there's so much change and there's so many scenarios you can play out. You can't be insured for everything by personally knowing everything, but by getting your feet into as many camps as you possibly can, having an open mind and, and really trying to learn and be ready to learn, you know, <clears throat> and the step after that is about being connected to the people that you can learn from and give other, you know, give information to. Um, so that, you know, not even realizing it, I think one of the insurances I put in place is that is trying to connect with and mentor and be mentored by people that are just out in totally different realms of the world to what I am interested in. Um, I connect with interesting people and ask them to mentor me about something that I don't even necessarily think is relevant right now. Um, but when I connect with somebody, I say, hey, can we keep in touch? Um, I think that's a good thing to put in place. I think that's part of it. And also just letting them talk and tell their story. Um, because sometimes you don't even know what questions to ask or what to frame up for the future. But letting them talk, it then gives you that um, repository of information that you can pull on later. So to your point around, okay, well, let's revisit that relationship. Them talking about their environment, talking about their context. Um, it may not all fit into place in the moment, mm -hmm. um, but you've got that that you can leverage later. Mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe kind of to wrap things up, we've got two points from your side, two things to focus on. What can the <laughs> take away? Yeah, um, I think uh, to, to get out of a colossal failure, I think that a failure is in your own mind's eye. Um, which we kind of established with, you know, we might be failing the same as what we were before, but um, what we're actually doing is we're thinking, we're, we're changing the way that we react to the to the to the data that's coming into us and turning it into something else. So, so failure, colossal failure in particular, is a mindset, you know. So, changing that mindset. Um, if you're in in the state of colossal failure, think about mindset, dig into mindset, understand the concepts and what that means. And understand that, that um, you know, there is action and response is the simplistic way of dealing with information coming in and, you know, situations. But there's actually three steps in that, and that is um, information, 
processing and response. And that is processing. That's where mindset sits, right? So your operating system for how you respond to the data and the, the things that are coming in. If you feel like you're in a space of colossal failure, um, it's not necessarily that you change the situation, it's you change your thinking. And that's, that's find someone awesome. you trust, find someone that you can bounce the ideas or <laughs> um, spend a bit more time in that stage mm. before you react. Yeah. Yeah, learn it's it's almost like um, learn as a as a form of reaction, you know, and learn from external stimuli. You know, that the whole concept of take time out, go talk to someone different, go and work on, you know, hear someone else's problems, hear them out. They're the kind of steps to, to change your mindset, to work out, you know, that there are totally different thinking patterns. Um, and if anyone does feel like they're in a space of um, colossal failure, please, there are great lines out there to speak to. Um, Beyond Blue um, is a fantastic line. have spoken to them personally when I had, like, really big problems. I, look, my colossal failure back when I was, like, 18, 19, I, I got set up in a pretty good gig and I was getting paid quite well uh, to work on the long weekends. And I went and blabbed to some of the um, permanent staff there. Oh, isn't it great that we're getting time and a half? Um, and then they all went on strike because nobody else was getting time and a half. Everyone else is just getting paid flat rates. So I got, uh, I got asked to leave that organisation. And at that point, um, I had nowhere to go. This is when I first discovered these lines and, and you know, talking to someone and, and having them hear you out. Please um, don't just rely on us. If you if you've clicked onto this because you've looked at colossal failure and that's the line you're listening to, um, seek help. It's not, there's no shame in it. You know, it's, it's great um, and they're great for hearing you out. And like you said, go and hear someone else out. Listen to them. Hear their problems. Um, it just gives you a new perspective. Good call out. Mm. Awesome. Book for cool. the day. What was your, you said, you mentioned a book. I think it was actually a podcast. No, it's a book. It's by Adam Grant and it's oh. called Think Again. Think Again. Love it. Yeah. One of his new books, um, I think published maybe this year, early this year. Um, definitely worth a read. I'm going to have to jump on that one. I've still got one from last week to catch up with. Um, next week, I would like to, or well, one week very soon from now, is talk about that switch, the flip to this, right, which is the learning mindset. Um, let's talk about it. Like, Let's talk about what is a learning mindset and let's talk about nurturing in it and then maybe talk about like the different phases within your life around how a learning mindset can be something you can come back to and, and change and think. We've sort of started to touch on it, but like I'd really love to dig into that with you. Maybe we can find a book to, to or a couple of books to start on before we go into that one because it's a big topic. It's a beautiful one as well. Awesome. Um, cool. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening, watching, um, hearing us out, reading as well now. Um, if you would like to hear more about uh, some of the coaching concepts um things that you don't have time for hit up the rest of the podcasts um if you'd like some advice from either elan or myself um please get in contact we are always open and ready to hear anyone out with their personal business problems um same as you hearing other people's problems helps us we can help you it's great to hear and talk to people so reach out um 
thanks. And until next week, stay safe. Take it easy. Sounds good. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast series is brought to you by Telos Product Development Coaching. Have you got an idea that you want to turn into a product or a business? Get in touch. We can help you out. We help nine to five entrepreneurs go from idea through to market research, validating your business model and helping you find ways to fund, develop, manage and deliver your product to market. So if you want to find out if your product or business idea is worthwhile pursuing or you keep finding yourself saying, I ain't got time for that. Why not book your free product and business idea assessment and strategy session at telos.net.au today. So what are you waiting for? Don't say you ain't got time for that. Book a call today. Pursue your dreams. I'm Zeke and thanks again for listening.